Well, praise the Lord and welcome to our Monday morning Romans Bible study that we have every Monday and Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. Central Time here in my office. It's live for you to watch or to catch later in your free time, whenever that might be. And uh, again, we're in Romans chapter 12. It's going to be very informative, very powerful today. And my prayer is that God would impart to me and to you the truth of His Word because it's the truth of God's Word that allows us to walk in the light to express and experience and express, might I say, the very truth that liberates us, that allows us to stand in that grace that liberated us, to walk in the grace, to run the race by grace, and, and just, to, just to be the expression of Christ, for we are His body, in the earth today, and I'm thankful to know that. I'm thankful to be here. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson, Pastor Crossway Church here in Queen City, Texas. You can find us live on Pastor Curtis' Facebook page or the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. I pray that you would avail yourself to uh, what's being said, what's being taught, uh, uh, what the Lord is saying and doing through this ministry in these last days. I, I call the ministry the Lord has given me and the people of Crossway Church here uh, uh, many things, but one thing for sure that it is, it is a, a teaching ministry. Uh, the Lord is blessing us with the truths of His Word, as He is many other people across the earth today, uh, as long as they're holding dear that message of the cross. For through it comes the revelation, the illumination of God's Word, of all that we've ever needed. Only through faith in the cross do we have eyes to see, ears to hear, and the confirmation of that statement is found all in the scripture. So as we come back to faith in the cross, we find grace in all the things that God intended on us to have as the supply, the, the abundance that we need to be the expression of Him as His body in our precious little time we have on this earth. So grab your Bibles and I pray you have a hungry heart for God surely desires today to impart the truth of His Word into our hearts. Praise God. Romans chapter 12, this is part 4 here on the 6th day of July 2020. It's, uh, if you hear any noise in the background, it's because it's, uh, the Lord is blessing us with some wonderful showers this morning. Robin and I have been on the sunny beach of South Carolina for the past week. We, we uh, come home to some uh, rainy weather and praise God for it. If it's happening, we must need it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Romans chapter 12, we will begin in verse 3 today. These are very, very important scriptures. It's not that all the scriptures aren't important, but these writings in the book of Romans is what God gave the Apostle Paul so that you and I could learn how to live for him, how to express him, how to live where sin no longer dominates our lives, where I didn't say there's a, a, a sinless perfection that doesn't exist on the earth today that exists where Christ is. And when He comes for us there, then that'll take place. But today, we do know how to live for God. We do know how that sin, the sin nature, is made dormant and no longer dominates us. And if you'd like to know that and you don't know it, then follow our teaching and you will find out that the, the scriptures are very, very plain and simple. 
very clear that you and I can live in a way that expresses Christ without sin dominating our lives. And I'm thankful the Bible says that we can live without fear serving God every day of our lives in righteousness and holiness. Luke chapter 1 verse 74 and 75. And that, that is a wonderful promise. It's not to some. It's to all who have their faith in Christ and His way of righteousness which is the cross. Hallelujah. So Romans chapter 12 verse 3 the Apostle Paul says, for I say, through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Now, let me say something about this. Uh, thinking more highly of ourselves than we ought to uh, takes place. And, and, and let me just add this, that every human being on the planet who has ever lived has a great carnal and fleshly pull upon their lives, their hearts, to think more highly of ourselves than we ought to. That's one of the things the Lord has saved us from. He's not just saved us from an eternity in hell and separation from Him. He is today, if you're a born-again Christian, He is in the attempt to teach you the way in which you're saved from yourself. You, you need to get a hold of that. And if you're sitting under the preaching and the teaching of God's Word as it is in truth, that means the person and the work at the cross of Jesus Christ, you are learning. You are learning how to be, how that God is delivering you from yourself. For the devil has been uh, defeated. Uh, all the principalities and powers of God uh, that are against God were, were defeated at the cross. Colossians 2, 14 through 16 tell us that, that Jesus overcame them, made a public spectacle of them, overcoming them in His cross. And that when we learn to live simple childlike faith in the very death, the work, the righteous work of Christ at the cross, then we begin to experience the victory and the deliverance from our own selves because our self is our biggest problem. And God... He is telling us here through the Apostle Paul that we have the tendency to think more highly of ourselves than we ought to. And when we do that, we begin to lord our position over people or our financial position over people or our family heritage over people when we're thinking more highly of ourselves than we should. Now watch this now. For I say, through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, the church there in Rome, the saved, born again people of God, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. Now this doesn't mean without the, the, the uh, alcoholic beverages. Watch, he's going to explain it right here. He's going to define for you and me what it means to think soberly. 
Because if we don't know how to think soberly, if we don't know the avenue of sober thinking, then we will never experience the avenue of sober living. Never forget this. You and I daily live the way we do because we think the way we think, and we think the way we think because we are believing what it is we are believing. Never forget, write it down. It's a powerful statement. It's a very factual statement. We are living and acting the way we do because we are thinking the way we do. And we're thinking the way we do because we are believing whatever it is we're believing. It's all rooted and based on what we are believing. If we believe right, which is in the righteous work of Christ at Calvary and His death for us, not just for the forgiveness of sins, but for the grace I need today to be a father, a husband, a pastor, an employee on the job, an employer, whatever. I need God's grace, and it only comes through the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ and His work at Calvary. So he explains it here. He explains it here, and he says this, that we are not to think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think, but to think soberly according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. And I know I've talked about this before, but maybe we have new people watching and we need to know it better than we do today. Sometimes we don't think we can we have any room for growth in anything. I've topped out on all this. I already know that. No, you you and I don't know anything compared to what there is to know. And somebody said, Amen. Hallelujah. The measure of faith, the measure means a portion of. You and I have been given the portion of the faith. Paul says in Galatians 2 and 20 that he says, I'm crucified with Christ, yet I live, but not I, but Christ lives in me. And now this life I live in the flesh, watch very carefully, because it means exactly what it says. This life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Hallelujah. That means, and there, you know, there's controversy over that. Well, it, it really means, and they've written new translations to, to make it mean what they think it ought to mean. But no, it means we live now in this flesh body by the faith of the Son of God. That means what Jesus did by grace, Hebrews 2.9, through faith, Galatians 2.20, for us. That's what we live by, what Jesus did by grace through faith. It's His grace, it's His faith. You and I have been given only that grace that comes through Calvary. You and I have been given the, the measure of that faith alone, not some other grace, not some other faith. When we stop trusting in the work of Christ at Calvary, grace stops flowing because our faith is no longer in what brings the grace of God to us. You need to know that. God doesn't give us grace because we go do something. God gives us grace. It's simply put, God uses us. God works in us to uh, do what He desires to be done. That's grace. God at work. God doing something in us, for us, to us, and through us. And He does that when we're trusting in what Jesus did 
by grace through faith. doesn't give us grace. He doesn't show up to go do things in us, for us, to us, and through us because we've decided to do something that appears to be right and according to the Bible. He does that because we're believing the proper object. Jesus and what he did at Calvary, then the Holy Spirit enlightens the Word of God to us as truth, guides us in the truth of God's Word, and he, by his Spirit, works in us, for us, to us, and through us. That's God's grace if we're trusting in what Jesus did by faith. You need to get that. So the only way you and I can think soberly is if our faith remains in that which allowed God legally to give us the measure, the portion of the faith of Jesus Christ. The faith of Jesus Christ. It's Jesus and what He did by grace through faith. See, we need to get back to this. If we think we're... Be above this, beyond this, man, Curtis, that's where we started out. You better get back Revelations chapter 3 to the church in Sardis uh, is a call for them, born again, spirit-filled church, to get back to the place they once heard and received. They'd moved away from faith in the cross. And even though they had some good things and right things going, it was just them. And you can function in a way that you've always functioned and, and, and be deceived and have moved away from the only place that God will be found working in, for, through, and to you. Your lives, your ministries, and that's faith in the cross of Christ. Because if we're not, listen, let's just keep it on a pre-K, a kindergarten level. If, if I'm not trusting in the work of Christ at Calvary today, that means I have exalted my thoughts again above that which is the knowledge of God. And now I'm trusting in some program men have schemed up under the influence of Satan and brought into the church. It doesn't matter what it is. If it moves me away from an exclusive trust, faith, in what Christ did for me at Calvary. I don't move my faith to the blessings. I keep my faith in the one and what the one Jesus Christ did at Calvary so I can walk in the blessings. I do not move my faith to the blessings. I move my faith and I keep my faith in Christ and Him crucified. And when I move away from that, and it is so subtle, it is so deceptive, we've all done it. Every Christian on the planet has done it, and every time we do it, we're thinking more highly of ourselves than we ought to because the only place we can walk where we're not thinking more highly of ourselves than we ought to be is if we're thinking according to of faith that's been dealt us, given us. When, when you trusted in what Christ did for you at the cross, God gave you the measure of that faith. He didn't give you some other faith that's different from any Christian. He gave you the measure of faith the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. That faith is the only faith that exists and works and overcomes 
I've heard it years ago, and it's a great statement. The, the, the faith that saved you is the only faith that ever will work for you. And faith does work. Yes, it works by love. Remember, Galatians 5, 6, faith works. We need to just settle that right now. If it's biblical, true faith, it works. What, is, what does faith works mean? It means when faith God is at work. Hallelujah. And what does that mean? That means that we live by, by grace through what God will do through faith. If it's this measure of faith, God has dealt to us. When we move the object of our faith to anything other than Calvary, the work of Christ at the cross, we've changed the faith. We've, we've moved it away. We, we, even if it's biblical things that we should be doing, we don't put our faith in those things because those are things we're doing. Listen, even if it's by the Spirit of God showing us biblical things that we should do, He's not teaching us to change the object of our faith. For if we move away from trusting in, exclusively trusting in, Christ and His work at Calvary, then we're no longer thinking according to that measure of faith we received of the Lord. Think about that. We're, we're thinking more highly of ourselves than we ought. And when we do that, we lead, we not only are drawn away through the lust of our own flesh, James said, but when we do that, we're pulling others away. There's untold thousands of pastors presently right now who they don't know they're doing it. They, they think they're humble. They think they're, they're broken. They, 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 they look at uh, the tears. They look at many actions and, and they think they're right with God because of their tears or their, their broken hearts for the, the many burdens. But listen, the only way that faith works is if it is placed in Christ toward Christ, His work at Calvary. That's what gave us the measure. That's what allowed God legally to give us the measure, the portion of that faith. And it's only that faith that keeps us thinking soberly. We need to know these things. We, we need to understand these things. And if we're not trusting in the cross of Christ alone, we're, we're drunk in our thought. That's why the, the Bible calls the, uh, the great religion of Babylon the, the whore. Because it's, and not only the whore, but the drunken whore. Because all religion is a drunken state of mind. It's a perverted drunkenness. To move away from God, to, to, to move away, to deny that God exists, a man, a woman, whoever is drunk in their thinking. They're not sober. To, to, listen, you've been given, we've all been given a creation to look at to know that there is a creator behind it, and we've all been given conscious, conscience, all of us. And, and all of our hearts have been shapened alike. Psalms 33, 15, that will bless you right there. All of our hearts have been shapened alike to search for the creator of the creation. To know that this conscience in me that's telling me this is not right, this isn't wrong, and I'm, con I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm okay in the sins of others as long as it's okay with me. But when it 
hurts me or harms me, then I call the law and I condemn them. Romans 2, 14 and 15 reveals that us Gentiles who didn't have the laws of Moses, the laws of God, they still worked in our hearts and we proved it by accusing or excusing sin. You need to read that. You need to know that. And if we're living like that now as Christians, it's because we're no longer trusting in what God did to be merciful to me, gracious to me, loving and forgiving to me. And that's why I'm struggling not being able to be gracious and merciful and forgiving to others. It's because I'm no longer trusting in. If I'm all caught up in all the things that are in the world today, even, even if there are things that I should be praying about, even if there are things that, that I see are wrong and I know it's wrong and, 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 and political matters that I need to go and cast my vote in, in the direction that I'm praying soberly, Sober, if I'm not thinking soberly according to the measure of faith God dealt me, listen, I'm not going to do anything right and even the things I'm doing that I think are right, they're not right to God because the only avenue of right, justness, is through faith in the work of righteousness of Jesus Christ which was carried out at Calvary. So this is a very powerful scripture that we learn here what it means to think soberly. And even more importantly, that if we're not thinking soberly, according to the measure of faith we've been given, which means our trust in the death of Jesus, what He carried out for us there, in His humble and obedient act of death for us to have today, not the day we were born again and that alone. Thank God for our born again experience, our being filled with the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, all the things that come with the baptism with the Holy Spirit. But if we move our faith from the work of Christ at Calvary, we, 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 we're no longer thinking soberly. And a drunk man, you know what it means. Some of you know what it means to be drunk in the natural. You're dizzy. You're, you're, you're going in circles. You, you can't focus. Your vision is off. Your understanding is off when you're drunk. And that's the way it is spiritually. The moment we move away from the cross and begin to trust these schemes that men have brought into the church, you say, what schemes? I've never trusted in anything. Well, have you trusted in AA? Celebrate recovery. Have you trusted in, and you say, well, those things work. If The only way anything can work is if it points to the cross. Not in you confessing something that you were or are now, but in that you confessing your Lord Jesus Christ died for you so you could be free. There is no other additives to that. AA, celebrate recovery, the purpose-driven life, the, the government of 12, you speak the word. All these schemes that men bring into the church unaware because we need help. We all say we need help. And just like Abraham, when we accept any of these Ishmaels, nothing can be produced but the flesh. And we get worse and worse and worse because they don't work. They don't, nothing works but the measure of faith God has given you and it works only because it was given you by the Lord Himself through your trust in the death, the work of Christ at Calvary. See, it's so simple, but we want to have our own little theological uh, avenue. We want to have that which uh, exalts our ministry above 
others. We want to have something that no one else knows about. We, we Listen, that's always been the case with men because we're prideful from the very heart and root of who we are. We're prideful. We're conceited. We're selfish. We're everything but sober thinkers. God had to give us the measure of faith so we could <clears throat> use that faith to think soberly. And you can tell things are not going. Listen, anybody that thinks anything works other than what God did in Christ at the cross is a, is a drunken thinker, if I can use that phrase. They're, they're thinking in a drunken manner spiritually. You know, we, we were in a movement years ago that pastors, ministers would tell us, boy, you just need to get drunk in the Holy Ghost. No, that's not even in our Bibles. What is in our Bibles is soberness, sober thinking. And they've brought things and avenues uh, in of the enemy and mixed the word with false things. And when you have a mixture, you're drunk. You're drunk. You're drunk. When, you, when we have a mixture, when we mix the word with any of these schemes, then, then we're drunk again because it is, it is always exclusive faith in the sacrifice that God provided in His Son, Jesus Christ at Calvary. When we move away from it, if I think I can go dance myself into victory, or I can fast myself into victory, or I can uh, uh, get in some program and, and get victory, if it's not faith in the cross alone, if I think I have to go home and quote these verses all week long to find victory, it's not coming, my friend. And if I think it does come, it's not of the Lord. It's only a mind concept, and it's a drunken mind. It's a drunken mind because it's not a sober mind. And this teaching right where Paul writes it is of great necessity because these drunken thoughts or sober thoughts or what keep us in proper place with the rest of the body of Christ or great division comes. And I know that uh, many preachers of righteousness, preachers of the cross, preachers of what God's Word really says today concerning the person and the work of Jesus Christ are some of the people who are called the biggest division makers and, and just slashers of, of true unity when it's the farthest thing from what, what's right. If we don't open our Bibles and see Jesus <laughs> and what He did at Calvary, we're not seeing clearly. Our vision is blurred. We're becoming drunk. We're thinking more highly of ourselves than we ought to. For Jesus is our genesis. He's our revelation. He is the meat of the living Word of God all between that. And we better be seeing Jesus. We better have words, uh, not just words that are talking about Jesus. We better see God's Word in the person and the work of Jesus. And when we stay on that track, on that path, we call that old path. We don't preach a message every five years on the old path, we preach the old path, hallelujah, day after day after day after day because it's only the path of the just that shines more unto that perfect day. Proverbs 4.18 tells us that, that it's the path of the just, the path of the righteous that shines more and more and more unto that perfect day that's coming when the Lord comes for us. So I know that you've been blessed this morning, maybe challenged, maybe convicted of the Holy Spirit. Maybe if you're in a church because uh, of some other reason than your search for truth and you, you tune into these broadcasts and you know you're hearing what you should be hearing and you're even hearing other ministries 
teach this, the truth of God's Word, pointing you back to Calvary, but yet where you are, you're not hearing this. Well, you, more than likely, you are not going to hear God say, Thus saith the Lord, you must get up and get out. But just the, you and I have been told in many places in the Word of God to turn away from such, to withdraw ourselves from. This is not things, this is not, that wasn't God telling us to be ugly to people. That was telling us, look, that we need to be found living according to His righteousness. We need to be in ministries, involved in ministries where righteousness is the focus. Hallelujah. That truth is what we are receiving. God's Word is truth. And when it's taught in its proper context, then righteousness is revealed. That's what the Bible teaches in Proverbs 12 and 17. He that speaks truth shows forth righteousness. So I pray that you've been blessed today. I pray that you would really, God would stir your heart to tune in every Monday and Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. live to hear the preaching, the teaching of God's Word as it is truth in its righteous context. A lot of people do not like it when we say that because they say we're limiting God to, to those statements and, and, and that avenue. No, no, we're not. God has limited himself to that avenue. It's so narrow, Jesus himself said there's going to be few that will accept it, few that find it because that's not really what they're looking for. And so I know that God's going to bless you every time you tune in if you have a hunger in your heart for righteousness, for the truth of God's Word, not to just follow some ministry, not to just follow anything, but to search God's Word for the truth of His Word, for it's when you find the truth and know the truth that you will be made free, and not just initially from sin, but from everything that hinders you from living in the freedom you received when God gave you that measure of faith and allowed you to begin to think soberly according to that measure. Man, I tell you, it's, I'm always blessed and encouraged to share God's Word, and I know that you have been as well this morning through this session. I pray that you would share these teachings on social media. You would share them with your co-workers, your family, your friends. They need to hear the truth that will make men free and keep them free. They need to hear the way of reality and not pretending, but the way in which we're found contending for the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. God bless you. We love you. And don't forget to pray for us and to sow into the ministry at thecrosswaychurch.com. And you can also text your giving to 903-231-5950. Again, I love you. See you next time right here on uh, these uh, broadcasts. Until then, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. See you then.